You are Johnny on the spot. I'm dedicated to the game. <laughs> Can you imagine what the world would have thought if they would have heard the other 45 minutes that we recorded the other day? I don't know. They will never know, but Dave Geyer will know. We'll start off by telling a little story about you. What year was it that you helped me that fall? <laughs> uh, fall of 2003. Anybody that says that Dave Geyer needed Wyatt Baker back in the day to get one right. <laughs> or uh, Charlie Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Jason's a stud. We love him. But Dave Geyer has been able to get one right since he came out of the womb almost. <laughs> so he was the one. The butter smooth clip job on old Blue Roan that Paul Clap slaps <laughs> grand champion at the 2003 American Royal. And I was lucky enough, or Dave was, like, hard up enough that he allowed me to work for him for a few weeks. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, as a as a young lad growing up in the streets of South Central L.A., I just never envisioned myself working for the Dave Geyer in the 90s. And by golly, in the fall of 2003, that dream came true. I don't mind if you offend me, Dave. I, I would prefer that you offend me. Tell all these folks what I was really like back in the day. Hey, uh, it, he, he, he is no, he was no different than he is today, to be honest with you. I mean, and that is guy's <laughs> honest truth. Uh, the kid had vision, and, and that's where I do compliment him because he was the one that brought social media to the livestock business. And, and, uh, but back in the day, I remember – I because rem- I, we was at the old farm is where we were at and as as were my old home places where I was born and raised at when when Matt uh, helped me, but uh, he, and then I I remember one time I clipped a steer and turned him out and I think if I'm not mistaken you sold that calf and and uh, I don't know there was some deal that I just remember the price being and you were like. You, you what? I'm like, well, that's 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 the deal I'll do with you. And it was almost that's like, how that's how rookie I was, Dave. I just didn't know that there was a price over which you would make a little bit and then split with a young punk like yeah. me. Honestly, honestly, I was just so rookie and juvenile. And I just been trading cans with this little old guy by the name of Troy Pagliak. And we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We just kept lucking out that fall. I mean, we just we'd lucked into that blue steer and then we lucked into a little cow they called DJS Cherry 205. And then before I came to help you, I was clipping a sale down in Russell, Kansas at the Dietz and Olson. And there was a little steer that my old, my old dear Papa Bear Phil uh, put me in a headlock. And I think I sold him to him for $500 over what I had in him. That steer goes on to win Badger kickoff and Sioux Empire that year. But uh, the young punks were, were young and energetic and aggressive and also very, very lucky because we, we didn't deserve any of the, any of the fortunate things that happened to us that fall. I re- I remember, I remember trying to get you at that time. I remember trying to get you to grab your dad's shirt tail and just ride like the wind. And you wanted to be, <laughs> you wanted to be your own person. And you definitely, <laughs> definitely did that. Hey, uh, I, he's think, a, I may just be, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I don't know. There's probably a little bit of confusion out there. I got nothing but respect for my old man's career. Oh, yeah. He's done really well for himself from the from the days whenever he was changing my dirty diapers all the way through the mid two thousand or mid teens, I guess I should say. But I do have one story that I'd like to share with the audience. It's it's fresh in my mind from the other day. Uh, just talking about my social media kind of platforms. 
uh, back in 2008, nine time period, a customer of mine who had just spoke with the uh, LF office to, uh, let me grab my notes here, to Phil's girlfriend, secretary and lover, Mary Showalter. Uh, Mary said they weren't interested in this social media game. They were just like, we don't, we don't really like to do that. We like our print ads. And I went to bed each night that spring praying to the almighty that they would continue to not care for social media because it was the only thing that allowed me to kind of break away and do my own thing. It was free. I like free advertising. And uh, that's not anything new today in the year 2022, but it was kind of edgy in 2008 that you wouldn't do print advertising. It probably wasn't 100% effective that year or those couple of years, but over the course of the long haul, I don't think there's much doubt that uh, I still like looking at an August edition of the show circuit. And that's the one issue I will look at pretty aggressively. But I, uh, I, I saw, I, I, I seen you uh, do a, a Snapchat or something the other day on the show circuit magazine and, and yep. uh, and I got right here in my office the first edition, um, first first edition, first magazine ever printed by Show Circuit. It's right here in my office. Maybe you could give a little background on how they designed those ads back in the day. Hey, back back then uh, uh, they used to do it on on a basically a tripod with a big big piece of paper on 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 hanging on the wall or whatever. That's how they done it. I mean, if you misspelled something, you actually <laughs> had to to cut out the letter and, and, and replace it. Um, That's started, amazing. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's changed. It's, ch Oh, I, I know what a story I was going to tell you about the magazine. Uh, and, and Roland needs to do a podcast with you sometime, but I'll tell you yep. one story about the magazine was the first color ad that was ever ran in the show circuit magazine. I shouldn't say the first one, but the first magazine that was ever printed that there was a color ad in and I, I'd have to go back and look. I can't remember what year it was, but myself and um, uh, Bill Cody ran a full color ad in the same magazine on the same month. And I remember Kent Haberger calling me up and I mean, it was, it was one of them conversations just like, how in the hell do you afford that type of conversation? <laughs> and because back then you paid by the color and, uh, Oh and, yeah, four color is what. Uh, yeah. yeah, four color. Mm -hmm. Daggummit, they it, it was expensive, or what we thought was expensive back then. But uh, but yeah, mm. but boy, can't he just couldn't get over that. Daggummit, I'm gonna have to do that now, and that's gonna cost more money. And heck, if we all know new new Kent, he was. We need to we need to track down a uh, group of friends that could tell some old stories about Kent Haberger. Man, that guy was awesome. Oh yeah. If I if I'm the guy that likes to play around and have a good time right now, Kent Haberger was two in two thousand and five to whatever. <laughs> I mean in that in that range he was he was always goofing off and having a good time. Yeah, similar hey. to Rick Fry too, you know. So Oh yeah. Going back to going back to you helping me, I'm not sure if it was that fall or the fall before, but they would be able to tell you there was two kids that showed up at my house. Um and I don't know it if you, if that, if it was the fall you were there or not, but anyway, there was two kids by the name of Nate Tyson, Tim Schaefer showed up at my place from out of Pennsylvania, drove all the way, got to my house, bought a white shorthorn heifer. And that was the start of Nate Schaefer and Tice whenever they, they, she won out there in Pennsylvania, a bunch of stuff. And, and a lot of their short. So just today. judging, 
just judging young punkiness, was the Lautner Pollyock more young punks at that time in their life, or was the Nate Tyson and Tim Schaefer? Oh, wait a uh, second. I want to answer this question. There's no way that those guys were worse than me and Troy. They no. were they they've obviously went on to huge things, and we're just sitting over here in the in the fan stand in the bleachers and watching their cattle win. I'm sure they weren't as punky as, as me and Troy were back in the day. Yeah, you and Troy will get that award. <laughs> hey let me tell you another story you mentioned your dad i gotta tell you this story because it, it, i just gotta tell it because you won't you you'll believe wait. all right your dad <laughs> back in the day this would have been um uh this would have been in the in the late 90s uh i i'm not I'm, i'd have to look and see but anyway in late 90s me and your dad we'd done some business together one day him and a guy by the name he called him Professor, which whoever out there might know who Professor. Was. Oh, Chris Chris Schilling, Jefferson, Iowa. He actually passed away about ten years ago. But yeah, he liked to. He's like Kevin Morrow type. He liked to burn them heaters one after another. That was him. Okay, so your dad and and the professor comes pulling in the drive at that place I lived in Tipton, Indiana, and they come pulling in the drive and uh, and had five calves on the trailer. And he dumps those calves off, and um, and, and, and I mean, he basically just dumps them off. And I sell them, and I, I don't remember if how they sold, if they were high or anything like that. But he dumps five calves off. He tells me what they are, and and the next thing you know, they leave and drive all night. I tried to get him to stay, but nope. The professor says he was going to drive drive back because <laughs> it was late night when they got there. <laughs> so I sell the calves. Uh, now fast forward to that summer. One of them wins Illinois State Fair for the Dreyer family, mm. and 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 I get a phone call after that that says, "Hey, that 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 calf's not not a bull. He's a he's a totally tuned." Well, I kind of blew it off. <laughs> <laughs> this is old day stuff here. I kind of blew it off and said, "Hey, it, it don't matter. He's won. It, it's over with." Well, another one of those five goes on and wins Denver for Chad Day. This would have had to have been in 99 because this was because he won Denver in 2000. I'll bet you that was a totally tuned also, Dave, huh? Then Phil calls me on after this one wins Denver, and he said, hey, that, that's, not, that's not a full flush. That's, that's a totally tuned. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, you told me what they were the day you dropped them off. I said, so they are what they are. He goes, yeah, but he said, them totally tunes, they wasn't as valuable then. <laughs> he, said, he said they are now, and he we wanted can to advertise that. Them. We can compare that to a modern-day situation. Uh, uh, I mean, in your heart of hearts, Dave, this is just a real question on a real podcast, but uh, do you feel like they were really debil or full flush, or do you feel like they were really totally tunes? He was, but looking back, they were they were definitely totally tunes. There ain't no doubt in my mind. They're, so Phil really can't complain whenever Red Rocky gets called a one oak on accident. He really can't <laughs> complain because he's played that game before. Down, I only wrote two show notes from the other day that I dang sure wanted to get into this podcast. Okay. But here's my 2014 story. Yeah. I had a friend of mine from Southern Iowa by the name of Tracy Goretzka give yeah. me a text message saying he had two bull calves that he wanted me to come down and take a look at. Uh, out of a new Ollie Heatwave donor that he had. I mean, she'd had a monopoly or two that had won in the Texas market, but just really kind of getting her legs underneath her, kind of similar to a 
a Margo of today. Or but anyways, back in 2014, Tracy had a litter of half a dozen uh, bull calves, and a couple of them were Monopolies, a couple of them were MABs, and a couple of them were Walks Loans. So anyways, at that time, and I'm going to story, and some people may believe it, and some people might say, he's just making that up. But it's probably a story that looks poorly upon myself. <laughs> so I got this MAB bull out of 805 that looks pretty stout, kind of my kind. Then a walks alone 805, uh, also very nice, high quality. February born bull calves running around the pastures. They both look really nice. And I'm not saying visually I made the wrong choice that day, but here's what I thought in my head, and maybe you could relate to this. At that point in 2014, it was really simple. MAB was hot and walks alone was not. Uh, the MAB bull's name ended up being one in the chamber, and yep. the walks alone bull that I passed on ended up being here I am. Have you ever heard of Here I Am, Dave? Uh, he is, he's been mentioned quite a few times, I think. In gotcha. yep. time. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, that's a, a story that some of my non-fans could uh, capture on. That story leads me to a present-day story, uh, a bull called I Am Here that I shouldn't have had access to. Uh, I ended up getting. So anyways, I think, think the moral of that story is as long as you put yourself in position, whether you're a Dave guy or you're Matt Lautner, you put yourself in position to evaluate them on the qualities that you like. And if you happen to misidentify one as the better of the two, you just got to keep hustling and working and someday you can make up for it. And I oh, guarantee yeah. you over the course of the next eight years, as in the last eight years, Mr. I am here is going to leave his imprint on the industry, just like old Mr. Here I am did. So it'll be fun to watch. But I did yeah. want to get that story in. and You just, MAB was hot and Walks Alone was not. And that's why you did what you did. I did a teaser in our first podcast from a day or two ago uh, asking about the psychology of being Dave Geyer and Steve Bonham. And <laughs> your, your response got cut off. I mean, you don't have to spend very long on this, but just tell the audience that might not know Dave Geyer, might not know Steve Bonham, I mean, you guys go into a fall sale season, and I'm not trying to make this more than it is. It just seems to me like it is the truth. Y'all go in there, and you just kind of throw your weight around, and you buy the ones that you like. But tell me tell me about your fall buying philosophy over the last 20 years. Uh, I, Steve and I, we ran a lot of miles together. There's no doubt about it. He probably knows my deepest, dark secrets, and I know his, but there's uh, – but uh, and and that's the way it's always – we just – we were always ran together, and, and we've used each other's each, – each of us have used each other to, to the, our benefits. And, and, uh, we see something we like that's more state fair, Northern size It's probably more directed towards me. And, and if there's something that's uh, more Southern style or, or Southern size, obviously, uh, you know, he gets probably the upper hand there. And, uh, but I mean, it's, it's worked good for both of us, but you know, any, anytime we see a calf, we, we have to ask ourselves if that calf's ever going to come back and haunt us. Because if the answer is yes, we're, we're, we're we we got to protect our territory and and sure. uh, and do and do what we do. But no, it's been I, oh I, now 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 I could we if you got Steve and I on here and and if he listens to this, he is going to laugh and he is going to agree. We could tell you enough stories till this time tomorrow that and every one of them would be funny as all get out. Because when you do what we sure. 
that many years. Oh my gosh. You bet. Yeah. But I would yeah. say uh just one little brief short story. It's truly amazing that me as a bull buying person, and I'm not saying that you're out of the bull buying game. You got an awesome bull, chosen one that's kicking ass and in some spots around the country, but you as a steer buying guy, I mean, you get out there in a pasture, just say at Dennis Zendel's in the middle of Illinois, for me in the middle of the spring, and I'm supposed to tell at two or three months or even younger, I bought bulls as young as two days old this spring. I'm supposed to tell what the elite phenotype is for the following year at Denver or OKC, just by these brief pasture visits. And you into the fall, uh, you're supposed to tell what a steer is going to look like in September, October of the previous year at August, September endpoints or Kansas City endpoints or Denver endpoints. It's just, I'm not saying that we all peg them correctly or 100% of the time, but that is truly amazing that you're, let's say your top 10 favorites and Todd Caldwell's top 10 favorites, they might be slightly different. But then you guys' phenotype favorites will go head-to-head at these Midwest State Fairs 10 or 11, 12 months later. And uh, it's just – that's a truly unique thing to to look at a three or 400-pound calf, and then you're going to compare notes at 1,400 pounds and and see whose opinion was correct. So it's – Well, and and you're exactly right. And I've actually changed a little bit uh, to to meet – with times and Steve was the one that boy he gave me a hard time there for a couple years in a row he's like guy are you got you got to start changing they got to be purdier they got to be because I was always one of them Mm -hmm. people that knew me they'd always say that that one right there is a guy or kind or whatever and 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 Mm -hmm. if he said that he was probably chunky chubby short and low to the ground and 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 just burly looking you know people that people that don't know you or that don't interact on a daily basis with the club calf thing but do what listen to this podcast I mean, the Dave Geyer, Steve Bonham, Todd Caldwell kind, they fit into a box for me. That's that burly, husky, big-backed, really woofy kind, whereas uh, a Tracy Gretzka or a Kent Haberger or uh, maybe a Nelson England kind would be more that pretty phenotype calf with a horse neck and maybe just a little less uh, muscle, but also probably a little prettier shoulder, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just my humble appraisal. Maybe you've changed with the years, but that's when you say guyer's kind, that's what leaps into my mind. But oh, obviously yeah. as trends change, a guy has to, you know, you can't just be stubborn and stick with this kind just because you like it. You obviously yeah. probably have changed your type and kind through the years. So go oh, ahead. Oh, Sorry yeah. for interrupting. Uh, no, no. And, and I, and I've kind of went back to those old chubby days because I, I, whenever someone calls me up and says they got one and they talk about how freak necked and good looking he is, I almost turns my stomach a little bit because, man, I, I mean, them things, I, I just want them stouter. And, and Steve's forced me into, into finding a happy medium because he, he was always, he says, hey, we got to change this a little bit because he used to pick them the same way. And so we've, sure. we've kind of hit a happy medium. But yeah, but- I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse like Brad Hook, but real quick, I <laughs> mean, that pretty, that pretty prospect kind can make a guy second guess himself at prospect time. Oh, yeah. At fat steer time, those huskier ones, they feed better. They just show more turn to their top and that extra muscle and power. It, it just seems like those judges uh, gravitate towards a husky one at fat steer time, whereas sometimes you'll get out purdied at, at the prospect time. 
Oh yeah. And that, and that's exactly right. And far as us around here, we've always kept focus and we make it clear to our customers. They got to stay focused on summertime because if they want to win a prospect show, they need to tell us up front because uh, that's probably not our goal. I do want you to tell the story as clearly as you can remember it on the, uh, Red Rocky steer. There's been a lot of excitement about that calf. He won Denver. He uh, never got prospected. He went to one show, and the Shockey family yeah. won the toughest, one of the toughest Denvers there's ever been. Uh, it's personal to me because I sold the calf to you, and my buddy Dan Snedden from Ogden, Iowa, raised that calf out of a $4,250 Harry Bear shorthorn cow. And uh, I guess... Unique to the day, seven years later, that bull, that steer becomes a bull named Red Rocky and then yep. goes on to be Grand Louisville. Uh, the, George, or the Jacobson family wins Louisville with a Rick Fry steer, actually. Uh, Red Rocky, gold-colored calf. And then this past February, uh, reserve at Fort Worth was the Red Rocky shorthorn from Nellie that uh, Todd Shireman raises. So, I mean, seven years after he wins a steer show, that little old steer became a bull and, and uh, still, still, you know, one of the top two or three Red Bulls in the marketplace, probably the top bull at Lautner Farms. So you're welcome, Phil, but go ahead and tell your story, Dave. <laughs> well, uh, that steer in Louisville of Jacobson's, that was actually Tracy Gretzka and Steve that done that, but he was still a Red Rocky. But I sure. tell you, I remember uh, pulling in there. Uh, you had called me and I remember pulling in there and it wasn't the fact of, of if I was going to buy him, it was how much I was going to have to write the check for um, at, at first glance, because I'm telling you, you talk about big body. I mean, he honestly looked like the day that he, um, that I looked at him on day one is exactly the way he looked in Denver when he won Denver, just bigger. And there was absolutely not one ounce of difference. And when he won Denver, I think most people will tell you he won Denver for fun. It was, it was him and the rest of the crowd, but just to tell a unique story, I've told this to Dan Snedden, the breeder before, after he wins Denver, me and Dan were visiting. And I guarantee it a little old red Rocky. If Dan would have chosen to keep him for his own kiddos, he would have weighed about 1240 pounds in July at the Boone County, Iowa, Iowa uh, (laughs) County fair. And it just, he needed to go to, to Guy or he needed to go to Steve. And uh, y'all made him into a Denver champion. And, uh, you know, I hope my kiddos can get the chance to show a calf of that caliber someday at Denver. But uh, that was dang sure the right situation to get him into. And, and that's also, uh, you know, as people are out breeding their cattle, that's probably something they need to keep in mind is, is not every calf fits into a particular box. You need to try to try to get them into the best situations so they can give you that most optimum hundred percent hundred percent show circuit online sales y'all have a heck of a team at uh seo and uh it's just one of them situations i gave uh brad Otto a hard time on one of his first interviews on my podcast at uh dave geyer uh brad Otto, uh, dave stoltz and rick fry and roland y'all just knew that there was a demand as, as the internet progressed. Y'all knew that uh, just like a guy was going to need gasoline-powered cars or inventing bread, you guys knew that there was a demand there and you were going to get wealthy off of it someday. I mean, just tell about the SEO journey as long or as short as you'd like, and uh, we'll kind of wrap up the show for the day. No, it's uh, we we've already covered it. It's been a good it's been a good ride and. 
and it's been a lot of hard work, but it's truthfully the, the team behind it. Uh, just recently, uh, SCO took on Vegas here a couple weeks ago. How about that? Now, I, specifically, I need to ask you. I know that Brad Otto is a good man. I, but that man, that man has a slight gambling addiction. Did you hear if he did? You, did you hear if he came out ahead or below after his week at Vegas? Oh no, he 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 come out good on the deal. He was doing real good until me and him and me and Lucy and him and uh, and Carol ate breakfast one morning there on the last morning we were there, and. Uh, and I'd actually been busy and hadn't gambled too much, but I was up sixteen hundred and had sixteen hundred dollars worth of chips in my pocket, and and uh, he was up about five thousand, and we went and lost fifteen hundred, and we said that's enough, and we left Vegas. <laughs> but he's he was still up good. Charlie was up good. I think Adam was up good. That yeah. freaking that freaking Charlie, he he I, I you talk about addiction now. That might have been him. Devin was pulling him away from the table. We had no fun. Kidding. I knew Charlie for a few years and uh heck, I never knew he was a gambler. Uh, I uh he I have a unique story. Then. I know that to be in the show cattle game, to be in the club calf business, you have to be a bit of a gambler. But yeah. me and my me and my wife are slated to go to Vegas from June eighth till June thirteenth. We try to go there every year. We have three kids, so it doesn't always work out. But in the 10 or 12 years we've been going uh, since we met, I've played zero games of, uh, of blackjack. I'm, I'm not a gambler, I guess, as far as cards go. Uh, all my gambles are on, on bulls and whatnot. But I'm like probably the only club calf person in America that doesn't actually go to a casino and play the games. I just go to Vegas to uh, sit by the pool, watch shows, and uh, Watch all the pretty ladies running around in bikinis. <laughs> but uh, we yeah. had fun. We took that. We took every. We had thirty-five people that went, and uh, cool. we had we had a good time. It it, it was fun. We did, conducted some business uh, out there um, because we didn't normally. We normally get together all once a year, and sure. this past year, last two years with COVID and everything, it hadn't happened. So we just decided to did, do it that way. Did you enjoy the Caesar's Palace buffet? That is like. <laughs> the one spot that my mo- that the one spot that my wife just will not go to Vegas unless we go there at least once a day. <laughs> we actually we actually didn't end up there at all because we always, I mean Friday Friday we had stuff scheduled and and Saturday we had business and stuff scheduled and so we never ended up there. Uh, I'm uh, I'm sure that uh, there's thousands of places to eat, but I'm telling you the Caesar's Palace buffet. I think they call it the Bacchanal buffet. It is amazing. So the next time you go there, it'll be about $90 a plate. But, I mean, it's like it, it tastes like it's specially prepared for you and it's all laid out there. Uh, it's, it's an amazing buffet. I'm sure that's something that nobody cares about, but I just had to get my two cents in on the uh, – anyways, I do enjoy the conversation, Dave. Uh, my last request would be this. Please, 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 please. How many times do you want me to say it? Please uh, get the colonel on the show. If he's if he's nervous about coming on, I will make Steve this guarantee. I will give him one half semen interest in the bull King Cobra. I am here or Hawkeye, his choice. If I put out any audio that he thinks disrespects the Colonel Steve Bonham's show cattle brand. Uh, I'll see what I can do. I can't make any promises. Surely if I get you and Jakey pulling on the same end of the rope, we'll get that guy on one of my shows. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something. I'll, I will tell you something about Steve Bottom. And this yep. is the gosh honest truth. He's most comfortable up there behind that mic. And, yep. and that's where he's in his, in his comfort zone. And, and yep. uh, I, I've told him this a hundred times. I said, if everybody knew you the way I know you, I said, you could run for president. But there you go. But it's kind of like it's kind of like the MLC Big Show podcast. Uh, I've made a lot of new friends these last few weeks. They thought I was a uh, better watch what I say. They, they thought I wasn't a very nice guy, but after they hear my uh, sense of personality, they're like, "Yeah, you're not so bad. We don't like you, but you're not." So bad. <laughs>